Amen. That's why there's a winner in you. Y'all can be seated because he won the victory for you. You know what it means when he's seated at the right hand of the Father, that we are seated together with him. And that means that we win. That means there's a winner in you. That means you're a champion. And um, leads right into uh, our, our message today. We've got um, planners available, 2020 planners. There are a few left. Go ahead and, and, and grab yours. If you want one, it would be good for you. Amen. A pl place where you can um, not just plan or, or put your appointments or to-do lists, but you can jot down what you receive from the Lord and uh, in your quiet time, okay? And then you can um, also keep on track with where the Lord is leading you this year because God is he's setting you up with uh, divine, he's, divine arrangements, divine appointments. He's going to put you at the right place at the right time. I want to keep saying this. And it's important to to be uh, to to step up your prayer life, okay? And um, we don't read and pray. We don't we don't read the Bible because uh, see it's all about motive. We don't read it in order to check off a box. Amen. We go to the Word because we, we, we're hungry for the Word. Amen. And we want to feast on His Word. Amen. And we pray not to say, okay, I, it, did, did you pray today? No, it's not about that. It's about, look, I need, I need to check in with my Heavenly Father and talk. I need, to, I, I need to talk to Him. I need Him to talk to me. Amen. Amen. I, I mean, I, I need to hear from my Heavenly Father. And, and, see, and be prayerful as you're reading the Word. Okay? And why is that important? Well, um, the reason why I'm bringing it up is because I believe that God is, uh, gave me that Word for this year that He would give, place you, not just one Word, but that He would uh, make divine arrangements, divine appointments for you that will be brought about through prayer and, and I mean divine appointments at the right time. Say the Lord puts me at the right place at the right time for divine appointments. Thank you Lord. Amen. Today is a divine appointment. Amen. Let's say some things over ourselves. I am greatly blessed. Okay, y'all wasn't y'all wasn't ready. Everybody wasn't ready. I, I jumped in there on you. Okay, ready? Let's 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 read this together. I am greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved by you. I am the disciple who Jesus loves. 
I am my father's favorite child. I am the apple of his eye. I am well-pleasing in his sight. I receive the love that my father has for me. Everything I do and touch shall be blessed because I am the beloved. I am loved, righteous, blessed, prosperous, redeemed, forgiven, talented, creative, confident, secure, disciplined, focused, prepared, qualified, motivated, valuable, free, determined, equipped, empowered, anointed, accepted, and approved, not average, not mediocre, holy, flawless, without blemish, blameless, and free from accusation. I am a child of the Most High God. I will become all I was created to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That, that, that's who you are because of Jesus. Jesus is all that. All right? And that means you're all that. And sometimes when you walk around with that type of uh, mentality and with that attitude, you can be seen as, as, as arrogant. But you're not arrogant. You just know who you are in Christ. Amen? All right. So um, I'm going to back up just a little bit and uh, go over some things we went over last week because we were, we were off the grid, off the grid last week, and um, now I can't find my presentation, so that's all right. They'll take care of that up there. You can follow along also on the app. Uh, so we're just going to jump right in here cover some things we went over last week and then, then move on. Review is good for us anyway, but we won't spend a whole lot of time with it, but we'll, uh, we'll follow the Spirit of God. Uh, Indianapolis, uh, mainly for their benefit because they weren't able to uh, join us last week. All right, John 14, this is uh, one, or excuse me, the night before Jesus was crucified. Very important to understand that. Let not your hearts be troubled, and Jesus is, is giving them some instructions the night before he went to the cross. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, so would I have told you that I go and prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Now, let me just stop, stop right here. This is, not a, this is not a funeral passage. I was at a home going the other day. A lot of times you, you hear this at a... I mean, you, you can share any, any passage at a, at a home going, but sometimes you, you, uh, you read certain things that you typically hear at a funeral, and then your mind kind of goes to, like, who died? <laughs> but I don't want you to get, get, get out of that type of thinking if, if, if you're there. Okay, so... Uh, so he says, I will go and prepare a place for you. I will come again. And, it, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. And Jesus had been telling them, but they still didn't get it. He talked to them about going to the cross. 
the Son of Man being lifted up. And he was going to draw all the judgment to himself. Okay, but they still didn't get it. It's like, and Thomas was like, Lord, we don't know where you're going. Can you imagine this? Now, again, again, it's not a funeral verse. Can you imagine this? I mean, put yourself in this setting. And Jesus is telling them, I mean, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Like, I'm, I'm getting ready to check out of here. Okay? And, uh, and he told them, you know, after three days, you know, he's coming back. Or, or, or he, you know, he, he'll be raised from the dead. Okay? So they were going to see him again before his ascension to be seated where he is now at the right hand of the Father. So Jesus talked to them about all this stuff, and then, and, and after all this, Thomas like, Lord, we don't know where you're going. <laughs> like, it doesn't, and here's my point in all this, it doesn't seem like they're ready. Because Jesus is about to pass the baton on to them. But it doesn't appear like they're ready. Okay, so, like, you know, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? All right. But the point is that Jesus knew that, their, that their, their success didn't depend on them. <laughs> and that's important for us to know. Their success depended on the Holy Spirit, the one that he would leave in his place. And Jesus, Jesus was confident this didn't deter him. He didn't like, oh, my God. <sighs> Father, Father. No, because he knew that uh, they would have help, someone to depend on, someone who would, who would be just like him, okay? And so let's, let's move from there to John 14, 16, and 17, and we didn't get much further than this. Uh, the word another here is, is a key word here. That's why I have it highlighted, and I will ask the Father this is Jesus, in that same chapter. See, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Okay? Another, what that means in the Greek is one just like me. One who will do, in my absence, what I would do if I were personally present with you. So the Holy Spirit is just like Jesus. That's why you got a winner in you. Because you have Jesus representative on the inside of you. And, and notice that it says in verse, uh, the next verse, verse, he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees, watch this, him, nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you, and he, understood the subject of the sentence, he will be in you. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He is a person. He's the winner that lives on the inside of you. Greater 
Is it who is in you? No, no, no. Greater is he who is in you. The greater one. Say, the greater one lives in me. All right. So the Holy Spirit took Jesus' place. And um, we went into great detail, and, and I want to go over it again, even if I say the same thing. I'm going to say some of the same things, and the Holy Spirit always slips in something different. And so um, I want to go over this again because it's so, so important for you to understand who the Holy Spirit is and who he's like. Because, see, when you understand who the Holy Spirit is like, you'll understand who Jesus is like. When you understand who, who Jesus is like, you'll understand who the Father is like. Because they, they don't work separately and independently of one another. All right? If you, if you, another way to say it, if you want to, to know what the Father is like, look at Jesus. All right? If you want to know who the Holy Spirit is like, look at Jesus. See, Jesus is the key to this whole thing because he walked the earth and sh he showed us the nature of the Father. And since the Holy Spirit's just like Jesus, okay, then if we look at Jesus, we know uh, who the Holy Spirit's like. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Oh, okay, so Jesus, because I'm, I'm get, getting down here to the way Christians be talking. I know that's bad English, but, you know, Christians give the Holy Spirit the Father, Jesus, a bad name. So they go around talking about, well, the Holy Spirit just got all over me, made me miserable, and I just could, because I wasn't, I wasn't doing right. I did do what the Lord told me to do. The Holy Spirit just made me miserable. And, and the Holy Spirit will never make you feel bad. I said the Holy Spirit will never, ever, never make you feel bad. Now, some people will have a problem with that. Um, because they don't understand who Jesus is like. How do I know that the Holy Spirit will not make you feel bad? Because Jesus never made anybody feel bad. You won't find anywhere in the Gospels where Jesus was going around and saying, you know, you know better than that. You shouldn't be living like that. People, they thought, they just knew that he was going to condemn them. They, 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 there were times when when, when Jesus thought, when, when the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all those religious folks, they thought they had Jesus cornered, like the woman caught in adultery. We caught this woman in the, in the very act. They let the guy slip out the window. But they dragged a woman in the street and said, the law said, she ought to be stoned. What do you say? He said, well... Now, Jesus, during his early ministry, operated under the law, so they wanted to see. see he, so he, he could not withhold the law. So what he did was he, he told him, he said, he that is without sin, throw the first rock. And they all start slipping out, from the oldest to the youngest. He turned and looked at the woman, 
Has no one condemned you? She said, no one. The ones that wanted to condemn her could not. The one that could have condemned her would not. Neither do I condemn you. He gave her, her the, the, the power to sin no more by giving her the gift of no condemnation. Huh? So why do you think the Holy Spirit would be any different? Oh, I got caught. I got caught. And the Holy Spirit just whooped me all night. No. He wouldn't do any different than what Jesus would do. Amen. It, it, you, you, you would hear the voice of no condemnation. Well, Pastor, you just encouraging people to commit adultery. How did you hear that in what I just said? that encourage somebody? I mean, who hears that? I, I'm yet to hear. So could people say that's kind of nonsense, but they never are, are able to produce the people that are hearing that. So, so who heard that? I mean, you probably wouldn't admit it if you did, but I, I, I just don't, I, I don't think there's anybody in here that heard that and said, wow, let me see if I can go commit adultery. Let me see if I can go fornicate. No. People People of God don't want to do that. You know why? Because you have, a, you have the nature of God on the inside of you. You are a new creation in Christ. You've got God's nature. You don't want to do that. I'm just helping people that the church has been condemning for years. I've been in church where they drag, a, a, they, they just like those, those religious people. Why do, I don't know why people don't know that you are following in the footsteps of religious people, the, drug, the, the, the kind of people that drug the woman out in the street that committed adultery. I've been in church. Listen, I'm not making this. You can't make this up. I've been in church where the pastor would drag the woman, that, a young lady that, that was pregnant and brought her in front of the church and made her apologize to the entire church. They never look for the dude. How many of you know it takes two? How horrible is that? They mean that they, when I said that, it made you cringe. You see, some, some of y'all young folk don't know what I'm talking about, but, but see, I've been around long enough. I've seen, anybody ever seen that? In, anybody old enough to ever seen that in church? Isn't that crazy? Is that, is that what, is that what the, Holy, the Holy Spirit is, is no, had nothing to do with no nonsense like that? Because, listen, if, if the person who, who's in adultery or fornication, if they have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them, you know what? They, 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 they're not happy they did it. I mean, and the last thing they need is for somebody to drag them in front of the church. Um, so anyway, what we need to do is encourage people and build them up 
and let them know when, when they are in a mess, not to say, not to condone what they did, but to, sh- to encourage them and, and share with them that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And, and let, let me tell you another thing. They are already forgiven. They were forgiven 2,000 years ago. They don't have to confess their sin in order for God to forgive them. God already forgave them on the cross. You know what the Bible tells us to do? And, and it, what it tells people to do when they get caught in stuff? Or not necessarily get caught, but in any kind of sin. I mean, sometimes we... we, 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 we kind of talk about certain sins as though they're the biggies. I mean, drunkenness and fornication and adultery. But there's all kinds of sins. Sin is disobedience to God. The Bible says uh, whatever is not of faith is sin. What about that? He that knows to do good and doesn't do it, to him it is sin. What about that? Okay, there, there, there's, there's all, all, all kinds of, of things under, under that category, but what we should do is we should encourage one another. And what the Bible tells us to do seems like we don't do. It says to confess your faults, not to God. Confess your faults one to another. And pray for one another that you may be healed. So what is he saying? Confess your faults to one another. Now, once you understand uh, 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 righteousness and the gospel of grace, the reason why there's some people, I'm telling you right now, there's some people you don't want to confess your faults to. (laughs) But we should be free enough We should be free enough to, to want to confess your faults, knowing that to, to people that know the word, that, that people that, that understand the gospel of grace, which is the gospel, so that they can tell you, even though you messed up, even though you fell, even though you sinned, whatever the sin is, you are still the righteousness of God in Christ. You are loved. You are not forgotten. God is still with you. God is still for you. Be encouraged. We're there with you to help you. The Holy Spirit will strengthen you. Yes, that's the message of the gospel. Not to beat people up. Thank you, Lord. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. Thank you, Lord. That's in, in the book of James. All right. So, and, and notice the Holy Spirit is called, the uh, in verse 16, the helper. He'll give you another helper. Notice what it doesn't say. He'll give you an accuser. He will, will give you a convictor. Well, doesn't the Bible say the Holy Spirit will convict you? We'll, we'll get to that. Not, not the way. 
No, the Bible doesn't say that, not the way you're saying it. And will he convict you? So we're going to address who is you. He will convict certain people, but not the believer. And it's not convict, conviction as, as you, would, you would think of it in um, the way that we typically use the word, like somebody going to jail, got, he got convicted. That's not the word, and so we're going to investigate that word. All right. Thank you, Lord. So, and, and guess what? We, we touched on this last week. You know who the Bible says the accuser is? See, the enemy. He's the one. He, he throws his rocks and hides his head. I mean, he throws it. He hits you upside the head. And, um, but Christians blame the Holy Spirit for it. It's not the Holy Spirit making you miserable when you mess up. It's the devil. Any accusing voice that you hear in your head, no, it is never the Holy Spirit. It is always the enemy. 100% of the time. It is not God. God will never condemn you. What about never? Amen. So he'll, he'll, he'll help you. He's the greatest helper on earth. The, the Holy Spirit is known in the, the um, Amplified Bible brings out the sevenfold aspect of the Holy Spirit. I like the word helper the best to me because it covers everything else. And I like how the, 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 this, uh, the ESV, they, they bring out the helper. And if you look at the Amplified, it, it gives you the, the sevenfold nature of the Holy Spirit because there's so many aspects of him, which is the same as Jesus. Comforter, counselor, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby, as well as helper. Okay, so do you see any, anything condemning in that? Anything accusatory in that? No, he's not an accuser. Isn't that very simple? How many of you are thankful for the word? The entrance of the word brings light. And this frees so many people, if you can get a hold of this, because some people uh, are, have a problem feeling as though uh, they're accepted. And that the Father approves of them. They, they think that they are um, uh, condemned. Like, we'll get into this, but one, one definition for, for condemned is like, when, when you hear about a building being condemned, well, they condemned that building. What does it mean? Not fit for use? And this is the way a lot of believers feel. They feel like they're not fit for use because of the accuser, and they're listening to the wrong voice. And because of religious teaching, they think it's God. But it's actually the devil. The Bible is very clear. that See, the Bible says we shouldn't be ignorant of the devil's devices. He is an accuser. He's a master accuser. And if you let him, he will beat, he will beat you up. 
He gets you thinking that God is the one with the big stick, the bully that's beating you over the head when all the time it's him. And he don't like this kind of teaching because he's exposing him. That's why he'll make you sleepy. Anytime, like when you start, you start getting yourself a little sleepy up in here, he's like, you know, because he don't want you to hear this. But you're going to be wide awake when he's whipping you upside your head if you don't have any, any information. Amen. So be, be awake up here at 11 o'clock in the morning. And get a hold of this, because if you don't, and, and if you don't understand who the accuser is, you're going to be wide awake at 3 in the morning. Because she don't care what time it is. You come against you. Any, any, anybody ever heard the accuser's voice? Thank you, Lord. We are free. Any accusing voice, it is not the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's not Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He's not a judge. He's an encourager. He's a guide. He gives you revelation. He, he empowers you. Thank you, Lord. Um, the helper has come. Okay. So... And uh, look at verse 7 in chapter 16. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. Notice it says, if it's, it, it is to your what? Advantage. Now, they sure didn't look at it like that. They thought, dang, they probably like, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? It's like, it's, it's to your advantage that, that I go away. Why? See, one of the reasons is Jesus could only be at one place at a time. It was to their advantage that he goes away. You can change that slide. So when he goes away, and since the Holy Spirit, now guess what? The Holy Spirit is in all of us, all over, every believer all over the world. He can only be one place at one time. That's why the, he, he said, greater works than these shall you do. The works that I do, you'll do also, and greater works than these shall you do. Because there's believers all over the world. He could only be one place at one time. There's some amazing things happen. Like, why don't we see people raised from the dead like, like in, in Jesus' time? Well, you haven't been around everywhere. I haven't been everywhere. I've been to Haiti, and I met a man, this is an apostle, who, who raised, I have to go back to the video, but a few people from the dead. One of them was playing the bass. At the, it was a thousand-member church where his um, son-in-law and, and his daughter pastor in, in Haiti. I was there a couple of years ago. There are people I'm ministering. We, we actually played it here on Sunday. I should do it again, roll it back again. We had people all outside. Couldn't even get in. 
and the bass player was one of those guys that he had raised from the dead. So don't tell me this stuff ain't real. And, and, man, Jesus is doing some stuff. Huh? Amen. So uh, it's to your advantage that I go away. If I don't go, the helper won't come, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send not it but him to you. Thank you, Jesus. Again, he's, he's your comforter, counselor, intercessor, advocate, strengthener. He's a standby. I like that standby, too. Helper. But, but standby is like if any of those other things don't work for you, he's just standing by. But what we need to be doing is be conscious of him throughout our day. I mean, just saying a little stuff like there's a winner in me is acknowledging him. The greater one lives in me. When you're walking into a situation and they're cussing you out on a job, that doesn't change. The Holy Spirit's standing by. But see, we don't acknowledge him enough. I put myself in that same in, in, in that same basket. We don't acknowledge him enough. He's right there. You get bad news, he's right there. Hallelujah. To build you up, encourage you. So let's look at the next verse, uh, chapter 15. When the helper comes, here it is again, the helper. When the helper comes, whom I will... Send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. All right. He'll bear witness about me. So he's going to point people to Jesus. Chapter 16, verse 8. Now, what about this convict? <laughs> he's not he's not uh he's not convicting people see a uh, uh, convict is not convict i just said con con convict when he comes he will convict what people think of convict this is not criminal prosecution if you look this word up in the greek this is not criminal pro uh, prosecution when he comes, when he comes, again, he, not it, he comes, he will convict, not you, the world. Now, the world has to do with unbelievers. Another word, I looked this up, another word for convict, you know what it is? Convince. And see, God was in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, reconciling the world to himself. And it says, not imputing their trespasses unto them. Imputing is a, an accounting term. That means he's not holding uh, sin against the believer or charging the believer with sin, even though they have sin. But the reason why he's not charging them with it, because Jesus was charged with it. He was punished for your sins. 
So our message is, is the gospel message is not to stop sinning. The gospel message is Jesus went to the cross and removed your sin. And you are forgiven. See, in his name, forgiveness of sins should be preached. The fact that the world is forgiven. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. And check this out. He's given us the word of reconciliation. That's what we ought to be doing. Telling people that they've been forgiven, not telling them how bad they are. See, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He convinces the world of sin. Um, it means to convince. I looked this up. It means also to convince someone of something. Bring to light. I love it. And as believers, we need to get this beautiful message out. that God is not holding your sins against you. See, we, we are to convince the world. See, one of the things the Holy Spirit does is uh, once, once they see what Jesus has done and the fact that sin is actually, sin is ruling their lives, that's, that's actually the state of the unbeliever. Sin is actually ruling their lives. And, and when the world is convinced that, hey man, Jesus is your Savior. Sin is ruling your life, but Jesus is the Savior. See, that's a good thing. You're con see, you're convincing the world concerning sin and what Jesus has done about our sins on the cross. But it, it doesn't talk about convincing the world of, uh, excuse me, convincing the believer of sin because the believer don't, doesn't have sin because Jesus removed our sin. Let's go on. And uh, convince the world of righteousness and judgment. And, and let me say something else. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convince people, not yours. Our job is to present the gospel to people and then let the Holy Spirit do the work. It doesn't say you convince the world. So don't argue with people. Present the gospel and let the Holy Spirit go to work. You don't have to know 50 scriptures in order to minister to people. Just know that the Father loves them. And know how to point them to Jesus. And one message that every, every person ought to have is uh, your story. Your testimony about what Jesus did for you. Don't underestimate the power of your testimony. Now, it goes on, Jesus goes on to explain stuff. Ex explain what he just said. In verse 9, okay, so in, in verse 8, it says, when he comes, he will convince the world of sin and 
righteousness and judgment concerning sin, he tells us. This is, this is the message here. Well, the Holy Spirit just convicted me. That's, you're taking it out of context. It means convince. Okay, he's going to convince the world of sin concerning sin. Why? Because they, wait a minute, he's talking to the disciples. He's not talking about them because they believe. So he's not talking about you because you believe. He said they don't believe in me. So, see, that's confirmation that what, when he's talking about the world, he's not talking about the believer. He's going to convince the world about sin, concerning sin. Why? Because they don't believe in me. And the Holy Spirit will go to work if you let him and present the gospel to people. And we need to do that. Not convince them, present the gospel, let the Holy Spirit do the work. Concerning sin because they don't believe in me, concerning righteousness... Oh, man, because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. See, so concerning righteousness, go to that next slide. So, back up, the concerning righteousness. Now, what he's going to do, oh, man, this is beautiful. He convinces the world of sin, but of righteousness, this is what he convinces the believer of. He convinces you that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. And we need to constantly keep that before us. He said, I'll convince the world of sin. And I'm going to convince of righteousness. Who's that for? The believer. Because I go to my father and you see me no longer. And of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Let me go just a little bit further. Romans 8.1. We're going to look at this in a, a, a few different translations. There is therefore now, this is just going to bring this to a close here, the, the conclusion of everything I talked about, just to put it together, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. How many of you are in Christ? So there's no judgment for you. Condemnation means judgment. There's, there's, no, there's no judgment. Thank you, Lord. Condemnation, what is that? A statement or expression of very strong and definite disapproval. There are people who think that Jesus does that to them, but he does not. The Holy Spirit, God, is not giving you any sense of disapproval. The Father is well pleased with you. He's not disapproving of you ever. He will not disapprove of you ever. And he's not giving you a sense of failure. Neither should we give it to each other. So first of all, receive no condemnation for the Father and let's, let's pass it on to others. Love others as he has loved you. Does he look at your faults and failures and shortcomings? No. I gave you the definition of, of, of 
con- condemning a building means it's, it's not fit for use. A lot of people see themselves that way. There's nothing special about me. I don't feel special. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not special. No, that's a lie. You are special in the eyes of the Father. Huh? Sometimes people don't need other people to condemn them. They condemn their own self. And I've talked, I've talked about this, about how the devil will, he, he's, he's sneaky. And he'll, he'll put a thought in your head to get you to think it's you. Yeah, you fat, you stupid, you, or, or excuse me, he'll say, like, like, man, I'm just so fat, or I'm stupid, or I'm ugly, I'm weak. That's a lie. You're not fat. You're not stupid. You're not ugly. You're not weak. You're not a failure. I'm just a failure. You know you're not a failure. I just messed up again. I'm, I'm, I'm such a sorry thing. I, I failed again. No, just throw those thoughts away. Oh, my best, my best days are behind me now. Let me just love all my kids and grandchildren and hope for the best for them. And just, but I blew it in my life. No! So, yeah, those things, they're condemnation. See, the devil real sneaky. Try to get you to convince these things and start lowering your head. No, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. God sees you perfect in Christ. There is zero condemnation in God. Last two verses. Same verse, but this time in the Weiss New Testament. Therefore, now, somebody ought to shout. Look, there is not even one bit of condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Not, not one bit. So if you see, hear some condemnation in your head, that, that is, listen, that's your conscience. That, that that, that's not God. And you know that that comes from the enemy, so throw it away. New century version says, so now those who are in Christ Jesus are not judged guilty. You are approved and accepted. And highly favored, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Let the Holy Spirit convince you that you are right with God because of Jesus. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. And there's a winner in you. Give a head by the God, folks. 